welcome to another great episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey there. And uh, this week we're going to get into a game that I swore everyone would like, and we'll see if they do or don't. Uh, but until we get to that, what have you been playing since the last time, Billy? Well, let me tell you, I, I really hadn't had uh, time to play a lot early on uh, in, the, in the two weeks since our last episode. I, I played a good bit of the, the game we're reviewing tonight, and I'll, have to, and I'll explain why I had to play a good bit of it as we go along. Uh, but then I, I picked up uh, that Division game that is everyone's talking about nowadays. I, I was very reluctant. Uh, I don't buy a lot of brand new uh, titles at the the brand new title price. I, I think I've been burned uh, too many times in recent years. But old uh, old Jeremy Gregory went to bat for it, and I, and I'm going to let him explain uh, the one main downside of it. Uh, he gave me a warning that if I make it through the tutorial, then I will highly enjoy this game. And I tell you, I have. I've been on there uh, late night. I've been up till about four in the last couple mornings playing through. Um, you know what's got me is, is you can collect clothing, hats. I have a, a, I'm trying to build a collection of beanies right now. <laughs> I, I just got one today, a striped one, a Christmas uh, beanie with a pom-pom on the end of it. And that, that has brought me more joy than pretty much anything else in video games in a long time. And you've got those those white high tops. That I have a nice pair of white high tops. I also picked up a pair of white hiking boots today. Oh, uh, but the uh, I'm sticking with the high tops. What sort of game is it? I mean, I, I get that you get hats, and that's very exciting. But I don't even know what kind of game this is. I, well, this... I, I've just been collecting hats. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I hear there. I hear there's a game beyond it. It's it's definitely kind of like a. A sort of MMO shooter kind of thing. Uh, you know, you're you're collecting gear, you're going on missions, you're leveling up. Uh, it's it's very much kind of in the same vein as Destiny, um, but a little less. Uh, you know, I, I it's it's really hard to describe. It's a weird game. It's a really weird game. But uh, most of the time, you're just going to be going around <laughs> accepting missions, uh, shooting other people, and then getting experience and and loot for doing that. So that's that's the kind of game it is. Um, and I've been playing it too a good deal. And what Billy was talking about was the, uh, the the tutorial mission. Whenever you first start the game, you start in Brooklyn and not Manhattan, where the rest of the game takes place. And this area is absolutely awful. It is so far by far the worst part of the entire game. It's meant to be a very small area where you can kind of come to grips with the controls, um, you know, shooting people and doing a few small missions before you go into the, the main game. But it is the worst tutorial area that I think I've ever seen in any, any game lately in a long time. Cause not only is it a bad tutorial and how, and teaching you how to play, uh, it's just not fun at all. And it's not representative of what that game is at all once once it starts opening up and the entirety of of how long it takes it takes maybe 30 40 minutes to get through um could be explained in less than 10 minutes and shown you what what that what it does in that 40 minutes you could easily do in, in less than 10 minutes and then just have you in the actual fun part of the game but it is uh if you can manage to get through that 
uh, it, it gets much, much better. Uh, I'm currently having a lot of fun with it. It is repetitive. I mean, it is that kind of game. So if you don't like shooting other guys and getting experience and loot, then it's it's probably not for you. But I, I am really enjoying it. So is that mostly what you've been playing too for uh, since the last two weeks? Yeah, I, I I've still uh, I'm still going through the Uncharted collection. I'm most of the way through Uncharted two at this point, and uh, that that is the game in that series for me. I, I love Uncharted two, and it is even better uh, with the the work they've done to to get that up on on PlayStation four and just how smooth it is and how much you know how clean it looks. Uh, I, I still love love playing through that game, and still still. Uh, probably gonna gonna finish that up here pretty soon but uh, the division is what's really taking up my time well i finally finished a game uh not a role-playing game because that would be useful but i finally finished a game i've been playing for a while and i I did finish uh the sly cooper game i've been playing on the vita uh and i'm at the very last main story mission of xenoblade chronicles Uh, but i gotta do a fair bit of grinding i think to beat it i went to to try the last area and i basically just got destroyed uh, pretty quickly so i'm gonna have to go back and and uh, and level a little bit so i'll do that but i'm preparing because i know that once i get this ps4 which i'm gonna have soon because dark souls 3 comes out in april i'm Mm -hmm. never gonna touch my wii u again for something long like xenoblade chronicles Uh, i'll I'll keep it for smash brothers and mario maker and and the other nintendo titles but something like like xenoblade chronicles is going to take a lot of time i'm going to be playing dark souls 3 for months in a block so um you know that, and I'm still because I can only play games in, in small bursts when my kids are around or play it on a handheld. I've gotten back into Persona Q because I'm I'm about eh, four fifths of the way through it. Maybe I'm on the the next to last set of dungeons. Um, it's so good, uh, but again, if you're not into Etrian Odyssey, I can see why it may not be the game for everybody. So how did um, how did Xenoblade Chronicles hold up over the, um, the eighty or hundred hours or so that you've played it so far? I really, really do like it, and I think. In some ways, I'm kind of sad that I'm trying to finish it so quickly at this point. There's a lot of side content that you could totally skip. I mean, even if you're not paying attention when you're playing through the game, if you don't do a lot of the side missions, there are major characters that you can have on your team that you can miss, um, which isn't out of the ordinary for a role-playing game, but I guess I haven't seen that in a while. And and it's characters who are interesting. I mean, there's a lot of alien um, races that will join with... Uh, you're, you're, you know, the humans that are in in the main city, and they actually cause the city to change while you're playing the game. So at one point, I don't think you can miss this alien race, but they're they're all of a sudden like a spaceship appears on the side of the city. It's a whole new area with all new people, and then as you um, rescue people from uh, rescue other alien races from the ganglion, who are the main bad aliens, uh, they'll also come in and join you in your city. And so then they show up in different places, and they start causing. I don't want to say problems, but, you know, the kind of problems you'd have if two alien races moved in with each other in the same city. So then there are new quests that open up that just deal with all those situations. Um, so there's a lot that I, I feel like I'm missing because I'm going to finish it. But if not, I'll never finish it. I'm sure there's enough content I could play for 200 hours and not feel like I've did, done everything on it. So I, I think it held up really well. I think my only real complaint is when you do finally get to some of the later areas, when you finally get your, your scale, which is a mech, you know, I thought it was going to be like, oh, it's great. And it is great for, for getting you to other places. You can fly eventually with your with your mech and let you get to a whole bunch of new areas you couldn't get to. But the actual combat in your mech, which you're required to do to beat some of the harder aliens and harder enemies, is actually really boring. I think that hmm. uh, regular combat as a character uh, is much more interesting. It has a lot of chaining abilities. It has a lot of ways to make your party really successful together. But once you're in, in scales, it really just seems kind of like 
just cooldown battle with, without a whole lot of skills to it. That's my only complaint, though. I really like the game otherwise. Uh, but I'm also looking forward to finishing it so that I can play something else, uh, which at this time will be Dark Souls 3, I hope. <laughs> well, I, I'm still not 100% sure I'm going to have the PS4 by then. I really want one. I did get a tax return, but I have a few things i got to take care of first. Uh, but, you know, let's not complain about that. Instead, let's complain about something else completely. This week's game, The Guardian Legend for the Nintendo. This was one of my picks, and I swore you guys were going to love this game. I loved this game. I have very fond memories of this game. I don't think it's one of those games, at least I didn't think it's one of those games, that I remember really fondly, and then when I dig into it, I'm like, you know, this really isn't that good. And I will say, for the last two weeks, I have thought, what a great game. But I'm pretty sure it's not a shared sentiment. <clears throat> I was is... excited. I mean, I was super... You, the, very rarely do you really come on here and... and throw a game out at us and, and be like, this is a great game. You guys are going to love this. So I was like, oh, man, you know, I just I must have just completely missed this. This was, you know, some weird NES game that I just never even heard about. And it was going to blow my mind. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to eviscerate it quite like Billy is. But uh, <laughs> it, it certainly didn't quite live up to the expectations uh, that I had for it, I guess. And I will say I, too, uh, was excited because I, I have never heard of you. I've never heard you speak uh, so excitedly uh, and so hopefully about a game before. And it wasn't a TurboGrafx-16 game. It was, you know, back on the NES, back on uh, familiar ground. And I also thought maybe this was just one of those weird titles that my uh, my video store didn't carry and, and I really missed out on. And, you know, and I got online and read uh, reviews and a, a lot of people hold this game in, in pretty high regard. And I thought, I thought we were going to, uh, you know, your recommendations, they've been, they've been hit or miss in the past. I, I thought this was going to be a new story we were starting here. Instead, we get another chapter in what's become the cautionary tale of, <laughs> of, of your childhood and the games I, you I played. Think we've, uh, I think we officially found Jeremy's general chaos with this one. I... This is, your, this is the, the sword that you've chosen to fall on. Uh, Jeremy Gregory had his, his general chaos. Of course, I I had Mansion of Hidden Souls, and I think the trifecta has now been completed with this episode. I, I don't know if I'd compare it to Mansion of Hidden Souls, because I don't know a lot of people that did say many great things about that, but a lot of people will swear by general chaos. So it's not that, <laughs> that Jeremy Gregory is insane. A lot of people would swear that's a great game. I, I didn't agree. Uh, and, and other people, as you found when you looked online, also love this game. Uh, but apparently, uh, out of the three of us, I may be alone on that. But before we get into tearing apart why it's a bad game, why don't we talk about the game in general? So it is, from the, the start, it's a shooter. The very first level you come into is an overhead space shooter. 
uh, like Gradius or any other space shooter, uh, vertical, not horizontal, uh, top down, and you're flying into uh, the star slash planet slash alien creation Naju, which is or Naju, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, N A J U, uh, that is essentially a, a planetoid or meteor heading towards Earth uh, to collide with Earth, and you've been sent as the guardian to to destroy it somehow. And when you get to it, after you fly through the first level and you you fight a boss at the end because that's what you do at the end of every shooter level, you then arrive at the labyrinth, which is almost like a Zelda style. Um, you know, the way the Zelda dungeons are, you know, it's every screen is its own contained area. When you go to the, in a door, it goes to the next screen. It's not like it scrolls around, but it's that, that same kind of layout and, and view. And from that point, you go through the dungeons of Naju and try to find 10 hidden, uh, self-destruct mechanisms, which are actually just more shooter levels. Uh, and when you've completed all those, you can then go through the last shooter level door to escape after getting the star to self-destruct. Uh, it's, it's a nice mix of two different game styles, in my opinion. Uh, I, I really enjoy the, the, the dungeon levels especially. I mean, the shooters are fine, but the dungeon levels are great. I guess... <laughs> I don't get why you wouldn't care for this unless you don't like shooters. Are, are you guys not shooter fans? I'm not the biggest shooter fan myself. I mean, we played Axel A for like the first episode, and that is by far and away my favorite shooter of all time. But that is on a very short list of, of shooters that, that I actually enjoy playing. For the most part, I'm just not a huge fan of, of the side-scrolling kind of sh- shooter, overhead, top-down shooter, whatever. Yeah, and I have to say, I mean, it's it's never been... My, my thing, really, either. I, but my first thought upon this, and, and this is more of a story thing, what a very inefficient self-destruct sequence. I, I don't know who thought this one up. <laughs> uh, it's not the most efficient. You're not going to get that thing to self-destruct in, in one day. It's going to take you a while. <laughs> but... but game on here that I, I didn't play before um I, I try to kind of think back uh and a lot of times we walk away thinking oh man if i was a kid I, i'm i hate i missed that when i would have loved that as a kid as a kid i think i think i would have been furious just because my video store didn't usually give you instruction manuals and i hope the manual has something in it because you're plopped down i mean the shooter is is, is simple enough but once you get to the uh you said the, the Zelda-like kind of dungeon levels. Oh, good luck. I, I don't know. if and I, and I tried to go without any guide of any sort, without anything of any sort. And this is why I played this game so long. I think my first hour or so of this game was spent wandering. No clue. And, and, and the Nintendo tradition of, of very, very cryptic, almost nonsensical clues continues with this one and it's probably my biggest complaint is that uh 
I just couldn't make any sense of it, really. Well, and that was what I got to when I first started. I know at one point I, I we were kind of talking, and you said that the um, the instructions explain a lot of things and help a lot. Um, <clears throat> I would have probably been in the same boat as Billy because my video store. We were lucky if we ever got any instructions uh, with any of the any of these games that I played back when I was a kid. Usually they just literally take the instructions out of the box and throw them away before they even put them out on the shelf to rent. So I, I went in it, uh, went in doing the same thing as Billy, and I had no clue what was going on. It literally just puts you in this large, fairly large maze, um, and you're just kind of going around uh, each screen shooting at blocks. Occasionally a block with a weird symbol will show up on one of them, and I would walk into that and nothing would happen. Uh, at some point I found a shop, uh, with a very large blue circular alien Mm -hmm. wanting to sell me things. I didn't know how to buy anything. I didn't know what the currency was. Um, and uh, I just kept wandering around, um, and until I finally found that next or or got to that next shooter stage, but it does not tell you anything of what you're doing or, or how to do it. Or it's, it's just, you're there and it's go, go do Go figure it out. And I'll go ahead and say you said a large map. I'm going to go ahead and say probably too large of a map. I, I it think... doesn't really, I mean, it makes sense later in the game, I guess, for that very first zone. Because when you first start out, you're only going to one small section. I and mean, Jeremy will explain this, but as the game gets, expands, the rest of the levels expand around that, that large inner circle that you first start off in. And when you first start, it just... It's like there's not anything else to do except wander around, and that's, that's really all you're doing. But until you figure out later on in the game that it's opening up slowly but surely, uh, it just does seem like a very, very large, empty place that it has tossed you into. Well, and, and it, for the little bit of story that you can piece together in what came in the manual, uh, I, I did own this game. I had bought it a, on my birthday uh, one year. It was a, a random purchase. I was just looking for something new and, and I had a hole in my pocket with money in it or you know money was burning a hole in my pocket I don't know how to talk anymore but uh <laughs> but I you know they only had a couple games I was interested in one was Golgo 13 and then there was this game I'd never heard of and I and so I picked up both of those games and Golgo 13 ended up not being all that great uh although it is one I'd like to someday try again but uh but this game was one I I know nothing about whatsoever. I, I picked it up entirely based on a, a box art and the fact that on the back it looked like you were a robot that turned into a plane. And how is that not cool? So oh. the the instruction book is very helpful in telling you the, the bare minimum. It does explain that you're going to have to find the keys to open up the other parts of the labyrinth, which is those weird circles that, that Jeremy talked about where there's weird symbols on them. Those are locked gates, and you need to find the matching key that has the same symbol on it as the locked gates to expand the size of the labyrinth and, and find the other shooter stages, which are the self-destruct mechanisms. Now, even with the instruction that your whole point was to find 10 self-destruction mechanisms, it wasn't until I played the game through this time and really thought about what was going on that I realized that's what you were doing. The whole time I've been playing it before, it was just, oh, yeah, yeah, you find new shooter levels and you beat it and you get more uh, items or weapons or you get more keys to open up more sections. Uh, But I didn't really piece together the story because it doesn't matter in most Nintendo games what your story is. But if you really dig into what the story is while you're playing through it, essentially you're you're flown into this this spaceship to to, to try to stop it that looks like a 
a star or a planet that's flying into to space, and you have no idea exactly what you're supposed to do at all. You're not supposed to know. So you spend the first time you're playing the game wandering through that original, I don't know, it's probably 20, 20 by, or like 10 by 5 maybe, uh, as far as the dungeon goes, and, and you'll find clues. There's those little blue guys that kind of tell you what to do, and then there are computer screens with messages left by whoever was there before. And, and it does tell you generally what you're supposed to do, which is find the, the other sections and the keys. But the other thing it tells you, and this is, this is in the book, and it probably would have driven me insane if I didn't know it, uh, but of the gates you're supposed to find for those, um, those shooter levels, the ten that matter the most are behind a lock mechanism. And the lock is different for each gate. Now, some of them are ridiculously easy. It's, you know, to walk into the gate or it's shoot into the gate. But other ones, it's things like don't do anything. Don't shoot anything. Just stand still for 30 seconds and the gate will open. Or an, one of the other ones, and I don't know if, if, if you guys did play this all the way through to the end, but one of the other ones, it, it requires you to find a nearby shop and walk in and out of the shop like six times. And eventually the guy goes, okay, I'll open that door for you. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. What? Wow. In- that's that's du- Dungeon 7 or 8. It's one of them that it was just <laughs> like... It, and I know I never did that when, you know, when I was younger. I know I didn't get that far. I probably got through five or six you know areas and gates so i got you know 60 percent through the game because you really only have to beat the 10 that are the the main lock shooter sections after the intro to get to the end each once you get the gate to open for the next area it's not like you just go to the edge of this you know 10 by 5 grid that you're in it opens up a whole new area so it's like it opens up a, a whole jungle section that's another equally as large section uh, but not quite as easily organized as the starter section that's supposed to be jungle-themed or you know, swamp-themed or water-themed. And you have to then find the shooter sections in there. At least they have the dignity to, to make those shooter sections uh, highlight. They blink on the map when you do pull up the map. But yes. you still have to actually figure out how to get to them. And a lot of those these new areas that it opens up is extremely maze-like. In, in getting around and finding the, the correct teleporters to get to get you where you need to go. And uh, that was about the first point where I stopped liking the overhead stuff because it got really, really hard to, to get around in them. Yeah, and, and, and well, I mean, it's, it's nice that it's, it's blinking to show you where to go. The problem is the, se- the second I started playing, I thought, all right, this is highlighted. And, you know, right from the start, I, I go over there and I'm there. I fight my way over there, and it's, what do I do? Uh, what do I do? I wandered this room because it's highlighted. And if something's highlighted in a video game, it's where you immediately need to go. And, and I just, I stepped in. All right, I'm going to go ahead and let out the one good thing I have to say. It has <laughs> lightsabers in it. It does? Uh, that's it. Wow. <laughs> Let me tell you, I did enjoy walking around with that thing. Well, I guess to, to differentiate it from other shooters, other than the fact that you have this labyrinth level that kind of connects all the shooter levels, unlike uh, almost every shooter that I'd played on Nintendo at that point, you don't earn power-ups in the shooter section itself. Like in any right. level where you're flying uh, in the ship, 
you know, and, and the, the vertical shooter levels or the boss at the end, you'll get pickups that are health items or uh, what the currency slash ammo of your special weapons is, which is chips in the game. But you don't get new weapons in those those shooter levels. When you get to the end and you fight a boss, some of whom are probably the only difficult part of the whole game, you'll get either you know a new key to open up a new part of the dungeon when you beat the boss at the end of a shooter level, or you'll get you know a special item that becomes you know a, a one of the thirteen or fourteen special weapons this game has that you can use at any point once you've earned it. And they're also just kind of scattered throughout the labyrinth some of those little blue guys we talked about sell items but you'll also find most of them just if you wander the labyrinth and you go through every single square you'll find a lot of of the special weapons and items are just in those rooms or you'll fight i don't want to call them bosses but they're they're almost like mini bosses in the labyrinth levels where all of a sudden a, a siren blares and then the walls come to in around your level so you can't leave the room until you beat the boss and then the, the, the a stronger monster shows up that you have to take on most of those are not terribly difficult although some of them will basically just charge at you doing enough damage to kill you almost instantly if you don't use something like the lightsaber um, but yeah there's there's lightsaber weapons that come up that way there's a lot of of uh you know angled shots that you don't normally get you normally just shoot straight forward no matter how strong your ship is um there's one that basically i use for everything in the game which looks like a light bulb but basically shoots a ball that's twice as large as your ship and does a whole lot of damage straight forward it also uses a lot of chips so at the beginning you can only shoot I don't know, probably six or seven of those shots before you're out of power to use your special items. But uh, later on, you'll actually get increases in how many chips you can use, and also each of those special items has, and this is not in the manual, but each of those special items has three different power levels that every time you pick one up, it changes color on your inventory screen. So the first ones are blue, and then they're green, and then they're pink. And if you have the pink level of any special attack, it's the strongest version. It probably uses more chips, but will do a, a boatload of damage. And that's something I didn't quite figure out. I knew I knew it as a kid somewhat, but I didn't really piece together how important that was. Wow, I didn't even I didn't even know that. I, I was wondering when I was playing, I was like, why is this turning green now? But I had no clue that it was actually powering up. Yeah, it, it, once you're in the inventory screen, which shows your map and also all the special items you've picked up that you can use, um, it, it'll show you how many chips it takes per shot and then the, the power level of the item, and that's... That's the only way I knew at all, because I, I picked them up and was like, oh, my power level is a pirate, but it also takes a lot more chips. I see. And I, I knew that as a kid to some level, but I didn't really you know, like focus on that. It was just a thing. It wasn't like, oh, I should make sure I hunt these down. Because some of the items you can only get from buying, like the multiple, um, to get the three levels, you have to buy them from the little blue guys. So, uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I did. <laughs> you know, I felt like I was hitting buttons while things, I was mindlessly hitting them while things just happened on the screen. I, I didn't quite know at any point what I was doing. I knew things were happening, though. I, I was killing enemies. I was picking up things. I, I guess if ever a game suffered just from not reading the instruction manual ahead of time, I, I wonder how much of a difference that would have made if I had any clue at all. I, I, I can't stress enough just how little uh, in-game it spells out anything at all again it's supposed to kind of be cryptic in a lot of ways because you're not you're not sure you know where this place came from what the whole purpose of it is the best that you can figure out when you're playing through it is either that it was a a weapon designed by someone who realized they shouldn't have built a weapon uh, or what i really think it is is someone built 
like a space, a space station that was supposed to also have all those different environments to support different life or vegetation or whatever. And then, of course, something horrible goes wrong, and, uh, and all the people who originally built it are dead. They yeah. did build a self-destruct system, but again, if it's something you think is going to be something you want to live on, like a, a space planet that flies around and goes to other parts of the universe, then you probably don't want it to self-destruct easily with one big red button. So I, I was okay with the story behind it when you get these messages from whoever owned it before and managed it before, but now, yeah, now it's just full of aliens. Uh, and and it's flying towards Earth, and the only thing you can do is try to find ways to blow it up. So I don't mind the crypticness of it at all. I like the fact that you're finding essentially like an old ruin that happens to be filled with, with things that are trying to kill you. Now, how far did you guys get in this game before you decided that I was an insane person and turned it off? I got to the area where it's kind of like a stone. It's like great. Most everything's gray and looks stone. Not sure exactly what the area is called. And I got to the area where things were very uh, purplish pink, very wavy. Uh, I'm going to say maybe seven. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, so uh, you got pretty an, far. an honest effort. I think both of you got, got at least halfway through the game, if not a little farther. Uh, the last couple levels are, you know, outer spacey or some sort of... I'm not sure exactly what they're supposed to be, but everything looks like you're in, you know, in a, in a really dark place. Uh, maybe it's supposed to be way inside the planet. I'm not really sure. But, but getting at least to the, the, the wavy area and the gray areas, that's, that's pretty far. So when you get to the last few areas, and, the, and I think the ones you were at, Billy, were the ones I got stuck at when I was younger... Those bosses are ridiculously hard. Yeah. Um, that, that's the only part of the game that's necessarily that hard. A lot of the shooter levels are pretty easy as long as you can dodge things um, and play shooters at all. I don't think any of the labyrinth levels are very hard except for some of those mini-boss things that will just come at you. But again, as long as you use your special items, it shouldn't be too bad. But it's the, some of the shooter bosses. And the last couple ones that were really, really awful is there's... Um, it looks like a, a demon's head with a bunch of eyes on it, and it just constantly shoots lasers straight down from the bottom of where its head is, which is the only place you can hit it. And it, and meanwhile, it's also shooting eyeballs at you that fly around the room that, of course, uh, home in on you constantly. And then after you do enough damage to it, its eyeballs bl- burst open, and then it just starts essentially throwing out so many eyeballs that the system can't keep up at all. It's a Nintendo. There's a good deal of slowdown. I played this actually on the unit. So that whole boss, when you get to that point, it feels like slowdown is the boss. Like, it's literally just the, the slowest. Nothing is... Everything's flashing. It's going crazy. It's going all slow. But even with that, it does so much damage from the beams that come down. Any beam item will destroy your character quickly. And, uh, and I never would have ever beaten that before. And I... And, this time I didn't have that problem as much because I used the items. But that's why I never was able to beat this when I was younger, is I was always hoarding items. I was afraid to use them. Even though you, you get back those power chips that, that run all your weapons in more than abundant numbers, it was always like, oh, I don't want to waste those. What if I don't have them for later? And so I would try to just beat the game with my standard gun. And that at about level 5 or 6 when you're in the, the shooter areas, that becomes impossible. Well, I know what gun you didn't use. Uh, this game has the distinction of having one of the most useless power-ups I have seen. And it's like a, it's a missile that you shoot, and it travels in, in a circular pattern. Uh, and it travels very slowly. Uh, and I found, I got this thing, I mean, it looks impressive at first. But you can't rapid fire it. You fire it once, and then you're kind of at the mercy of waiting for this thing to, to clear the screen before you can fire it again. 
And I, I found it really. Uh, I used the lightsaber just for the, the pure novelty, and because I, I found that I ran into a lot of things. So if I if I ran into things with that, I was all right. And I used the you know the the main just you know kind of default gun. There's also a uh, like a triple shot. I think it's a double or a triple, and uh, that was very effective. Otherwise, I just I just didn't see a lot of use. Even the the kind of homing missiles. I find just just weren't quick enough. A lot of the guns are uh, the special guns, at least, are, are very slow firing. Yeah, a lot of the the special items you fire one time, and then until the gun is off the screen, the bullet is off the screen, you can't use that special item again. There's a few you can fire rapid fire. There's like some waves that'll shoot whatever angle you're flying. It will shoot off at that angle, and I use that a lot at first because it's one of the first ones you find. But yeah, most of them are very slow. They do a lot of damage, especially if they're powered up, but you have to hit something. And so if it's that slow, a lot of the time you miss the target you were aiming for, which is very frustrating. And one of the big things, it really didn't seem, you know, no matter what kind of, of weapon I used, those shooter boss, uh, the bosses, they are just bullet sponges. They took forever to take down. It seemed like I was, even if I knew the patterns, you know, and, and you know, they didn't really do too much at the beginning of the game. They just had a few attacks that they would they'd move back and forth or, you know, at you and, and throw a, a few bullets at you and you could easily dodge them. But it took forever to take them down with just about anything that I tried. And I assume that it just gets worse as the game goes along. Well, did you bother to explore all of the parts of the labyrinth you were in? And did you did you bother to kill those? Mini bosses where the sirens came in the labyrinth levels. I did, but I didn't un- honestly know what I was doing. I mean, I was killing them when they came up. So, I mean, I was definitely getting what they were giving me, but I didn't know to what ends I was, <laughs> I was even See, that, getting that, that stuff. It's the pro- he's doing the same thing. Everybody that plays this game, probably, if you don't have any knowledge going in, uh, it's the most detached you will feel playing an NES game. Well, it's, it, again, it doesn't spell it out for you, but, but, if you kill give me, a, those, give me a letter. Give me a couple well, letters. <laughs> if you if you kill the mini bosses or do those, uh, so along with the ten shooter levels that you need to beat to get the keys to unlock the self destruction sequences, there are an additional ten levels, uh, one per each area. So if you open up a new area, there's normally a, like gate one and gate eleven, and then gate two and gate twelve uh, will be in the next section. It, the eleven, twelve, thirteen through twenty are more or less just there to to i would say grind with in some ways because you'll beat them and then you'll get either a new item at the end or you'll get um the red or blue circle guys which give you more chips or more life depending on which one you know, blue is more life and red is more chips but they look just like the guys who sell you items but smaller um, but there's also it's a gun upgrade and then there's also a defense upgrade that looks like a shield those are i mean they almost make you twice as strong you know, each time you pick one up. So if you get a gun, like let's just say you start with power level one, even though it's not labeled anything. The first time you get it, you go to power level two. Then it's power level four. Then it's power level eight. Then it's power level 16. So if you're not getting all those guns and shields, yes, you're going to get destroyed later in the game pretty, pretty terribly. And I didn't realize how much that power goes up until I went through and finally got through and, and beaten the last level of this game.
So if you go through all the labyrinth areas, you beat all the 10 uh, shooter levels you need to finish, you get all the self-destruct codes, the level 21 opens up, and it's in that um, when you first come into the, the game, if you immediately go to the left and up, you'll find like a room that has different music, but nothing's in it. And of course, that ends up being the, the self-destruct escape sequence room. And it's another long shooter level, but then you fight through one version of every boss that you've already fought to get off the planet. And, it, and they're supposed to be the same strength that they were originally, at least according to what I saw online afterwards, because I went to check. And I was, I was literally killing some of those early bosses in like six hits. And, and it, it's just that I have much stronger, um, you know, much stronger weapons, much stronger special weapons. And I was just tearing through them until I got to the last few that actually took some time. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't even aware that you know that I didn't have to do some of those shooter levels. I knew at some point I pieced together that the main flow of the game is to wander around, get to a um, get to a shooter level, beat the boss, and then get uh, the symbol that allows you to backtrack into the kind of hub area and find the new area that you can teleport into and open that up. Um, but I, I I didn't know that some of them were optional. You know, I, I just did whatever came next. I, I, and the act of even just the idea of grinding, I didn't know you could even do that stuff, you know, or, th- or there was a reason to, to get more powerful. I just I was just playing this like it was the action game that it was it seemed like it was trying to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I played to get through it. You know, I played, uh, you know, like I would Zelda, that first Zelda, pretty much you you explore. Uh, but still, you're you're playing to kind of get through the dungeons, get the get the items. I I had really no idea, and I didn't until I read after uh, I had really finished playing that there's this a, a very deep upgrade system in there. Uh, I, grinding, uh, playing the game itself was a grind at times. I just I don't know. I just I just guess I don't have the patience for for what this game demands if you want to if you want to build your character up but but jeremy p we we found out that as a child you didn't beat this game no i didn't can, can you tell that's a hell of a password system this thing <laughs> <laughs> well it seems first off passwords now seem ridiculous when you're playing them you know and you're like why would you even bother us but then you have to remember that not every game had a saves until zelda really the nintendo didn't have anything that had a, a cartridge save so this game and again because of the Number of items that you pick up and the power levels that each of those items have, I'm sure, plus along with how many of those dungeons you've already beaten, what you've already opened. The password is 32 characters long, and it doesn't, uh, unlike a lot of games where they made sure you couldn't have O's and zeros, this one didn't do that. You have everything that could possibly look like another letter or number. And I easily, I mean, I've, I tried to play through this game hundreds of times, and Whenever I'd get far enough and I'd get super excited, I'd write down all the passwords, and then I would come back to play it, and somehow I'd have written it down wrong, and it didn't work. And there's nothing that is more soul-crushing uh, than, than spending so much time to get so far in a game and then have your password not work anymore. It, that's something that seems crazy, you know, and now, nowadays no one has to worry about that at all. But, but yeah, I, I guarantee you, that somewhere in my house now still, because I don't throw anything out because I'm a crazy person, I have a notebook full of passwords, and then there's one where there's just <laughs> pen marks all over it and just fury you can see all over the page. Guaranteed. Yeah, I'll tell you, this, this is everything. All the, everything, you know, when people joke about passwords from older games, this is all of those. All this put into one. This is the worst example of a password system. It has to be. You know, you know and I was going to play through... 
I think Jeremy Gregory, I think maybe all of us have the same kind of kind of code of ethics that we try not to use save states if we're on an emulator. And, you know, I was playing through it. It's like, all right, I'll just, you know, I'll play it as it is, passwords and all. And I, I got to that first password, and I laughed. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the only thing I could do. It was better than screaming. I, I, was, in a, I was around other people. I couldn't let out yell. So I just laughed, and, and right there, I just clicked save state. And there's no way. As a kid, and you never take time as a kid to sit down and slowly jot down a password. You scribble the thing down so you can keep playing. And, oh, I'd, I'd, I would have been right there with you. I don't think I could have ever transcribed one of these passwords well, correctly. It's clearly scarred me because I promise you, every time I got to a password, there's a photo in my phone of that password. I no longer <laughs> bother writing down passwords for anything. Any game we've played with a password, if I'm playing it on the system, it's, it's all done via phone. I don't, I don't bother with it at all. Same thing with Snake's Revenge, by the way. That's another, another game I played that I got super far and then my password would be wrong. And I would lose my shit. So every time I, when I played that again a couple years ago to try to beat that, which I finally did. I, there's another one where I, there's a million photos on my phone of different passwords for video games. Yeah, that, that password is, is really something. Uh, I, I basically had the same reaction that Billy did. You know, I just kind of sat there and, and smiled at it and, and couldn't even <laughs> comprehend being a kid and, and having that screen come up and knowing that you had to to sit there and and try your best as as the young people that we were that was hopped up on sugar and soda and everything else to write that thing down i mean you would have to be a scribe to get through that game the the notes section that had to be in the back of that that instruction booklet would have been filled up within you know three or four saves because it is uh capital letters lowercase numbers uh, symbols, it, it's everything you could put in a password screen, and then thirty-two of them. Yeah, and back then, after that, you know, after that fourth bowl of Count Chocula, I had a real shaky hand too. Yeah, I don't. I, I think we've all probably been bitten by the you know the bad password system back when we were kids. But I think this one, this one's a a, a new level of just how shitty it it could be back then, and. I could, I couldn't even imagine seeing this back when I was that age. So I still think this holds up well. Like I, the whole two weeks we were playing this, I was super excited about it. And and the, for the first week before you guys really dug into it, I kept thinking, this is the game that you know. The last game I think I re- I recommended <laughs> that was a a solid hit was Gargoyles Quest. That's when I said, hey, that's when I played. Let's do that one again. And you guys, I don't think had played it before. And and I think we decided that was a great game. Yeah, it was so a great I thought game. this was going to be game. very similar. Uh, turns out. I I may have overestimated everyone's interest in playing a shooter with absolutely no instructions. Well, I think that the biggest thing for me is the shooter stages. Uh, the the top down stuff. It was if it was just the top down stuff, I would probably be mildly annoyed with it. And uh, but you know it's it's passable. You know I could totally see somebody liking that. Uh, I don't know if I would have really liked it as a kid or whatever, just because of how. Uh, obscure most of the game is to figure it out, but it's those shooter sta- shooter stages that really really get me. For to me, they're just bad. They they are not fun at all. Your ship is too big. Everything is is everything else is too large, and it comes at you in a way that you're going to get hit. Um, it it just, they don't seem designed well, and I didn't like the bosses either. Those were the stages that really when when they came up, I stopped having any amount of fun with it or or any 
will to go on really <laughs> with, with those mm -hmm. things. I just, I, I did not enjoy those at all. And, and yeah, like I said, I, I read online and this is really a, a, a beloved game. So maybe I'm missing something. I, it's a combination of just not being into shooter, sta shooter games, uh, those stages, you know, I got through them I, and they had a lot of my usual shooter, uh, you know, complaints, uh, that's pretty universal throughout all of them. Like Jeremy said, you're just a, you, you seem like too big of a target. Everything's coming too fast. Things kind of blur a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just don't care for that. And just the, the and, and I don't mind. Uh, I mean, I know how it was back in the NES days. You know, I mean, the, the instructions gave you a little bit, enough to get you started. And, you know, you kind of, you had to do some decrypting on things as you played along. But this was just a, a another level. I thought, you know, it's it's worse than the the old men in Zelda. Uh, their their hints, at least you could decipher. Uh, with this one, maybe it's just me. Uh, maybe a lot of people find it a lot easier. I just I pretty much I ran in different directions. I killed things. I, I picked things up. Uh, sometimes I went on to the next shooter stage. Sometimes I did another lap around the uh, around the map. Until I finally went to the next shooter stage, I had no point that I really know what I was doing, and it just—I I just got real bored with it. Uh, and I mean, that's the biggest complaint I can give a game. Uh, I can play a if a game's bad, you know, it's bad. Uh, but maybe if it, there's something memorable about it, but I, I was just real bored with this one, and that might just be my own fault and just a combination of of this game being a lot of different things I just don't care for. I'm not going to to undermine it uh, and say that it's a a bad game for everyone that's god-awful game for me but a lot of people seem to enjoy it and in fact and i think i sent you guys a link uh there are people right now as we speak that are they're giving this thing the little the remake treatment there's an independent uh, group of people so i mean obviously a, a game that a lot of people enjoy maybe you will i do not it's definitely ambitious i mean for what it was trying to yeah, do when it is and maybe if I had an older, you know, kid's mind back then and, and more accepting of something like this, I, I would have enjoyed it. But um, to me, it, it just it's a combination of, of those shooter stages that I just don't like and some fairly boring exploration that doesn't really seem to go anywhere beyond just finding your way around a very basic maze. And I just... Um, like you said, it, it's not for me, but there are definitely a lot of people out there that really enjoy this. Um, and and I, it does earn its stripes as being a hidden NES gem, I think, because it's it's fairly unknown and it does a lot of things different. It's just that it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but for the people that enjoy it, I think they would they really, really enjoy it. Well, you know, I, I think it's the, the perfect combination of if you like shooters at all but you also really like that that zelda style exploration where you you have the bare bones of what you're supposed to do you've got a map you can see where to go but there are there are in this case literal gates that block your path to other areas um you know I, I think it's a good blend of those two things if i had any complaint i'd say that uh you're you're kind of on the nose that some of the shooter stages are pretty dull the first ones are really way too easy and then later ones essentially just keep pelting you with things constantly all that you have no way to dodge and the last couple stages even you know, when I went online afterwards to kind of check, how, how are people beating this that aren't cheesing their way through it? Uh, pretty much everybody 
Um, there's, there are some items that are called enemy erasers. They basically are they do damage to everything on the screen and kill most basic enemies in one hit. They're the only weapons you pick up in the labyrinth that are not... Uh, they don't have a different power level, and they also aren't based on chips. They're just pretty much, you pick them up, they come in lots of 20, and as you use them, they go away permanently. So, But you can have as many as you can carry at once. So I think by the time I got to the last few levels, I had 200 of these things. And there were, there were definitely shooter levels um, where I spent the entire time just, you know, every five seconds, I killed everything on the screen. Got a bunch of pickups, flew around. Every five seconds, then I used it again, picked up a bunch of items over and over again. And that's also how I cheesed my way through a bunch of bosses. When you get to the harder bosses that have, like the one I complained about with the eyeballs earlier, I would just have to keep using those to kill everything on screen to kill the eyeballs, hoping they would drop a life pickup. Then when I got my life full, I would stand in front of the boss and just plow through it until I was down to like a third of my life, and then I would fly off again and use those kill everything on screens to hopefully get more power-ups. Uh, and that seems to be the the general strategy people were using. I don't feel like it was just me being bad at a game for once. So I, I can see why people wouldn't like it, especially if you don't like shooters. And this is not the game for you at all. But uh, but I don't know. I like I like games that try to do something a little bit different. And, and actually, this reminds me a lot of uh, there was a game that came out for the Game Boy Advanced uh, called Sigma Star Saga. I don't know if either of you guys have played that before. But that's another game this reminds me of in that it. Well, at least in description, it's more of a straight RPG instead of a labyrinth. It's like Zelda. It's more of a regular RPG. But then when you go into battles, it switches to these tiny shooter levels. I think that I mean, that sounds you know more fun to me than this. I think one of the big reasons I didn't like these shooter levels, uh, besides what I already mentioned, was that they just seemed overly long for, you know, they just kept going on and on. And it's the same two or three enemies in every single one of them uh, per area, you know. You've got like two two shooter sections per area, but they've all got just a very limited amount of enemies that do the same exact thing over and over and over again. And I really just got tired of fighting the same things over and over again. So, uh, yeah, doing that like a very quick shooter stage for battles, uh, that that sounds like it could be pretty fun. I thought so, too, and I did hunt it down to play it. I think the difference is. I didn't mind that these shooters were kind of repetitive and long in this because the, it's one stage. So when you get through one long shooter level, knowing there's only 10 or 20, depending on what you want to do, once you beat it, you don't have to do it again. Uh, this was set up like an RPG, so just trying to go from one side of the map to the other, you could run into 50 small shooter stages that are all basically the same thing. Uh, they try to make them a little more random, it seems, but it was still at the core like five or six different levels that would pop up. So an interesting idea. I liked it, but I, you know, that was less my style than this was, but... You know, like I, like like you guys have said, a lot of people do love this game. Uh, you know, I found a bunch of sites online when I was, you know, over trying to get a little more information on the game that I may not have known. Um, and, and there are people that really love this game, and and I'm glad we did play it because I never would have beaten it otherwise. Uh, and I'm glad that I beat a game that I bought 30 years ago. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, for the people that like it, it's it's probably a really cool thing. I just think it's it's very very obtuse, uh, just too cryptic for its own good. And uh, for anyone really trying to beat it using that password system, I feel for <laughs> you because it's not going to happen. Uh, start start using those save states or, or take pictures with your phone because uh, writing that down just uh, ain't going to happen. But otherwise, you know, hey, if you like it, you like it. It's not a game for me. Um, I would have probably been fairly disappointed with it as a kid if I had rented it. But, you know, every, everybody's different. It takes all kinds. I do want to add one last thing, which is, you know, both both Jeremy and I had said we really didn't like the shooter levels compared to the, the labyrinth levels, and Billy didn't seem to like any of it. 
But uh, <laughs> when you beat the game, after you go through the last level where you fight all the bosses again, and then, of course, there's a there's an end boss who takes... If you thought the other ones were bullet sponges, I think I spent five solid minutes shooting this guy till he finally oh. died. Oh. Um, and then, by of course, by the end, he's literally just spitting so much stuff at you. I, I'm glad I had a hundred of those kill everything on the screens, or I never would have done it. But I did beat him. You go through the credit sequence, and at the end, it says, you know, like, thank you for playing or whatever. And then it just says, password TGL for the Guardian Legend. So you go back in the game, and you type in TGL as your password. And it it's the same game, but it's just the shooter levels. They don't have the labyrinths in between. You just play a shooter level, and at the end, it gives you the items that it assumes you would find in the labyrinths while you're exploring to get to the next one. And then it continues, and you just play it as a shooter. And that I played it just to see. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I got three levels in, and I thought, I'm glad this wasn't just those shooter levels because I never, ever, ever would have recommended this. Because as a straight (laughs) shooter, it's not that exciting. That's a much better password. That's a much better password, though. Oh, it totally, yeah. Just TGL would be great. (laughs) Level four. Hey, all right. <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't the ending pay you some compliment also to, to your, your game playing prowess? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it, uh, let me, I sent a picture to you guys because I was so impressed by it. Yeah, he was bragging about this. <laughs> Not that I beat it because I figured everyone would love this game. Uh, although by then I think I already had a clue that <laughs> I may be the only one. But at the end it says it gives you your final score and it says you're the greatest player. So clearly it knows me. Uh, right. Since this is one did of it, three did it games say I think about being the poorest picker of games. <laughs> <laughs> you are a sad individual. <laughs> well, next oh. week we're not going to play a game I picked, though. I don't know who picked this, uh, but next oh, this time, is mine. Uh, it, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because it's not one I've definitely played before. Uh, X Men for the Sega Genesis. I think I've played this. I'm, I'm in the same boat that you are. I, I think I've played this, but I've played, you know, several X-Men titles uh, over the years. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. This was uh, the first big, super popular X-Men game that kind of came out back when the uh, cartoon had just gotten really big, I think. And uh, it was uh, made by Sega and, and published by them. And it's it's a really interesting game. I'm really looking forward to seeing what you guys think of it because uh, it is it's really it's not your standard kind of action game. So um, look looking forward to seeing how everybody comes through with that one. Can I can I play as Dazzler? I don't know. No, only you cannot. <laughs> it's only Dazzler. <laughs> so I think we have a listener question this week. Tomar writes in with a quick question. What was your all-time favorite blind game rental or pickup that you ended up loving, even though you had no clue what it was when you walked out of the store with it? And I'm pretty sure we just spent an entire episode talking about Jeremy Pease right now, <laughs> unless he's got something else. But uh, that it basically, you know, sometimes back when we were kids, if we went into a, uh, especially like uh, to rent a game and they didn't have what we wanted, a lot of times we just had to go with a, a, a blind, uh, blind luck. To, to see what we'd come home with. And so uh, what, what did you guys end up with? So you're, you're kind of right. I was going to say this game was one of those. I, I didn't do a lot of rentals. Uh, the, I, I lived in southern Virginia until I was in, in uh, sixth or seventh grade. So during most of the NES era, uh, which is when I would have done most of the rentals, I was in a place that had a, a, one video store, and it maybe had ten games to rent. So a lot of them were things I had already owned, or it was a copy of uh, Xenophobe. I know I rented that a million times, even though it's not that good. But it was still renting a game, so it seemed like a good idea. But 
I also was afraid to rent a game I didn't know, but then for whatever reason, I wasn't afraid to just buy some random thing that could probably be garbage. I don't know what the logic difference is. So I, I've tried to pick games for this podcast that would fit that requirement, where it's a game I didn't really know about till I bought it, and then I was amazed. That's why I picked Gargoyles Quest before. That's why I picked this. The game I thought of, and, and it was a rental the first time I played it, and I I don't know how I had never heard of it, but River City Ransom was one I had rented, and my brother and I immediately, like five minutes in, were like, we have to find and buy this, because this is the best game we've ever played. And hmm. I had never heard of it, and it was, you know, at first it's kind of goofy. I don't know if you've, if anyone who hasn't played River City Ransom, it's just a, a brawler at first, uh, but with like kind of squat, goofy-looking characters. But then after you start playing it, you get into the first little town area, and you realize you buy new moves for your guy and stuff. I was like, this game is incredible. And, uh, you know, that's a very popular game I'm sure almost everybody had, had had heard of, but I had not when I first played it. So that's that's the one I could think of. How many times did you initiate that shower scene on there? Oh, I uh, I probably, uh, I mean, a million times because it gives you health. So why would you not? <laughs> why would you? That's the only reason I can think of. My, uh, I didn't make a lot of blind purchases. Uh, I, my purchases were always... Uh, based off rentals or, or magazines. I always walked in with a pretty good idea I was going to like uh, what I picked up. Um, so mine would have to be a, a rental. Um, and, and I rented a lot of good ones over time, but the two that come to mind, oddly enough, are both, both I guess, loosely sports titles, uh, which are games I don't typically purchase. Uh, that's how I discovered Mutant League Football, uh, just because of that cover. And, you know, I wasn't into football at all. But I, I figured I'd give it a go when I saw that, like I said, the cover, the back of it. And that's, you know, we, we did that episode and, you know, I love that one. Uh, but, and I want to, I want to, that's not the one. The one is, and I want to say beforehand, I'm not joking at all. But that damn super black bass <laughs> for the Super Nintendo. Uh, you know, Jeremy and I were talking not too long ago about how there aren't any good fishing games anymore. We like a good fishing game out there. And, right. and I remember I, I had played a couple fishing games over time. I think uh, I had one on the Game Boy. Uh, I had that handheld one uh, that had a little reel on it uh, with you know, the little LCD game. You cast it out, and then you just wait for that little uh, blip to show up on your screen, and then you reel oh, it man. in. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so when I saw this one, I picked it up. I said, all right, fishing game. I'll try it out. Little did I know. That would be the first of probably 20. I, I rented it enough to probably buy it a couple of times over, which I did with a lot of games. I have no clue why. But yeah, it, every weekend, I either rented Mario Kart, Mutant League Football, or Super Black Bass. In fact, my uncle was over one time when I was playing it, and he was so enthralled with it that he started renting it from another video store. Not the same one, because I usually had it out. He rented it from another one. A snowstorm came up. He wasn't able to get out of his house for a couple weeks. Decided just never to take it back. And <laughs> so Super Black Bass was all the rage in the family. And probably the best rental I went in and got. Uh, I mean, it's fishing. I knew I was getting a fishing game. I didn't know it was going to be that good. There's, uh, there, Yeah, there's, uh, there was a lot of fishing games back then. I don't remember if it was Super Black Bass was the one that I had rented, but... I, I did the same thing. I was like, you know, it's, it's a fishing game, and there's really nothing else to to rent. So, you know, why not? I like fishing in real life. We'll see what it's like in a video in video game form, and it's surprisingly fun. I mean, there's a good amount of depth 
uh, to those games and, and strategy. And if, if you're actually trying to play it, not just fuck around with your friends or something. But uh, I, I really enjoy uh, a good good 16-bit fishing game. And it seems like that is, uh, if there's one genre that died off uh, faster than anything else going from 16-bit <laughs> on up, it was the, the fishing genre. Uh, I think the only other one I ever remember that I really, really enjoyed was the, uh, the one for the Sega Dreamcast. And oh, yeah. that came with the, uh, the the fishing reel controller, and that was a really really fun game. Uh, definitely loved that one. But yeah, I missed me some fishing games. I haven't picked it up yet. But were you aware there is a black bass for the 3ds or the DS rather? No, I was not. Yes, go ahead and get yours. I will have to look into that and see if uh, see if it can bring back the the, the same fun times I had of playing a, a stupid ass fishing game back when I was like twelve. Um, I guess for me, uh, the biggest one was uh, Star Control 2 for the 3DO. And my dad had actually got this for me for my birthday one year. I'd actually been asking for Samurai Showdown for the 3DO. I love that game. And he actually, he got me that one. But I guess what what he did was he was getting that game and he saw this Star Control 2 sitting in the clearance bin for like maybe five to ten bucks at Babbage's, and he just threw that in there too. He had no clue what it was, and when I opened it up, I had no clue what it was either. Um, and even when I first started playing it, uh, you know, we start we're talking about this game today being obtuse. Star Control Two is just a <laughs> it's a it's a hell of a game to just run straight into without reading the instructions, which is what I did. But uh, over time, it became probably one of my favorite RPGs of all time, like probably top five. Um, and that that was that's like the the game that I remember most of just being like having no clue and expecting just to, you know, look at it for a few minutes and, and toss it over into a pile or, or trade it in or something like that. But that one has really stayed with me uh, all these years later. And I, I still love watching videos on YouTube of it and. Uh, I, I remember so much of that game because it was so unique, especially uh, on a home console, because that game was only on a PC and then for some reason was ported over to the 3DO. I don't know why they decided to do this or, or what, but it was a good port. It worked well, but it, it was uh, incredibly different from anything else I'd ever played. It was very, very Western uh, sci-fi role-playing game, so... I don't know if you guys ever played any of the Star Control games, but that one, that was the first game that made me realize that people other than Japan can make a really good role-playing game. Well, it was, it was Electronic Arts, which is why it was on the 3DO. They did a lot of games oh, on yeah, 3DO. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, it was, that was one of their big pushes, so not a surprise. And I had played it on PC, so that, that one was one when I saw it. I was like, oh, cool, they're putting Star Control on 3DO, because uh, 3DO was still out when I worked at, uh, at EB, so... I, PC games were just a mystery to me back then. You know, I knew they existed, but I didn't. They had that weird wall at, at EB and, and Babbage's that I would see with all those giant boxes, and it, it was just this whole other world of these crazy-looking games that it didn't even look like anything that I had been playing. I grew up on consoles, you know, from the Atari and NES, Super NES, and anything that I ever played on the PC just came off as really strange to me, and. The second that I put that in there, I was like, this has got to be a PC game because this is <laughs> this is really, really weird. But uh, over time, I didn't mind and still still love it to this day. 
So if you have a question for us, please uh, please send it on. We love listener questions. Uh, again, next episode will be about X-Men on the Sega Genesis, so brush up on your X-Men. And until then, find us on Retrovania.net, and we'll see you guys next time.